November 13th, Edgework up and running here this morning to start off this week. Got myself, Alex B. Smith, So Money Sports on here to talk about what went on this past weekend in the NHL. Look ahead to tonight's two games, but before we get into all of that, I want to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by Betstamp. The easiest way to improve as a sports better is by using multiple sports books and always getting the best odds. We recommend using an odds comparison tool like Betstamp to help you do so. Betstamp compares odds across every sports book, whether it's for games, futures, or player props. You can save time and money by checking Betstamp before you bet. So make sure to download the app today. You can do that in iOS, Android, or signing up on the web there. If you are looking to sign up for a new sportsbook account, please check out the offers available at betstamp.app slash edgework or click the link in the description. That is betstamp.app slash edgework or click the link in the description. If you sign up through this page, it does help support the show. So thank you to everyone who does that. But if you are looking to track all the picks that Edgework has given out throughout the course of the season, see how we're doing, you can find that in the Edge, uh, Betstamp app and find better section as Edgework HQ. Quick recap from myself here, though, we are currently sitting 58 and 63 on the season over the course of 121 bets, currently sitting at a 0.2% ROI. So obviously fluctuation there, but early on, and we are still up on the year and continuing on from where we were last season, where we had a very, very successful year as a team. So we'll get through, uh, we'll continue to hopefully hand out some winners here. But if you do enjoy the content, make sure to hit like here on this uh on this stream because it does help continue to grow the show continue to grow the streams and uh, we would like to see 50 likes before we get out of here today let's start with this right away i'm seeing it in the uh i'm seeing in in the chat already jordan mosel saying so money sold me on the canucks kool-aid so money let's talk about the vancouver canucks i sent jokingly to the edgework group on saturday night after what you had planned out the vancouver parade think we're going to start planning out the uh, Toronto parade here now that we've beat the Canucks? No, no, there was, <laughs> it was, uh, there was a, there was bound to be a clunker in there. And um, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised that the Canucks had a bad game in there. What I did like, and um, Rick Talkett alluded to this after the game, was that the way that they responded immediately after. Right, like the next night, um, they went into Montreal and they took care of a team that they should be taking care of. Right, um, in the past, I think that that loss in Toronto all of a sudden turns into two losses, which then turns into a nice little streak. Right, so I really like the way that this team responded. Rick Tockett said that what he likes a lot about this team is that how they identify what's wrong with their game. And they try to immediately fix it, which is exactly what happened after the Toronto game, which was, I mean, that was just a loose, a, a loose defensive game for them, right? And they, and um, not Demko's best night, and they just immediately responded. So um, it was a one-in-one weekend, but uh, there was a lot of positives based on the experience that we have with this team in um, in the in the past. And I mean, Alex there, you Rich H bringing up rock in the West Coast today. Hashtag we're beautiful. all Canucks. Alex <laughs> does have the the beautiful Canucks jersey on there. I mean, what yeah. are you thinking about where the Vancouver's currently sitting at right now? And I mean, even Jordan saying may have gotten crazy with some JT Miller slash Demko heart bets last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fantastic start to the season. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's just been interesting. The Pacific Division has been the, the biggest storyline by far. In the league so far, you got Vegas, you know, defending champion looking just uh, as good as they did 
wrapping up last season. You've got San Jose being the worst team in the league. You've got, of course, all the drama with Edmonton, the drama with Calgary. But then to see teams like Anaheim and to see teams like Vancouver stepping up in a major way, it, it, it's, it's been a lot of fun. So this division, like I said, it, usually the storylines kind of build themselves up now when we talk about these things throughout you know, January, February, March. This is a, a division that's probably going to be exciting from here all the way through until April. Yeah, and I mean, we will talk about the Oilers there, but before we do, let's continue on a little bit of a positive note. Alex, I'm going to let you take the floor on this one. Uh, I mean, I saw you were tweeting through it yesterday, but Connor Bedard, the goals that he scored, the second one in particular where he steals it off the defenseman in the corner, looks pass, goes short side over Bobrovsky's shoulder. might have been one of the nicest goals I've seen that didn't have like too much even flash on it. And the way he carries himself, the celebration after, you must be just absolutely loving watching Connor Bedard in a Blackhawks uniform right now. Oh, yeah, it's been fantastic. This is uh, just a, a wonderful couple of set of games to watch. But the unfortunate thing with that game yesterday is that, you know, the Hawks are going to have to start winning some of these games. Like the back of the Sun-Times uh, in Chicago can't always say Bedard dazzles as Hawks lose again. Like at some point it has a turnaround that says, you know, Bedard has a masterful game in Hawks victory. And, and that should have been one of those spots uh, in Florida yesterday. But like I said, he's playing you know completely out of his mind right now on pace to score 56 goals. Uh, you know, just one highlight after the next, and just some of the things that you see in the little. You have to slow down and rewind and watch back the highlights to see just how masterful he is with his hands. I mean, that that backwards no look pass that set up one of the goals he had at Tampa Bay. That those are things you don't see guys who have that kind of skill even in their prime years in their you know late 20s early 30s have the balls to try to attempt to do he's doing this in his you know 11th and 12th nhl game so the confidence level is through the roof and if that can translate over to the rest of his teammates it's going to be a lot of fun for the hawks yeah, yeah. Must be well nice. I, <laughs> yeah. I mean the only thing i would say about that is i feel like yeah you want to start winning some of these games but it doesn't necessarily have to be right now like this is one right. of those ones where some of these guys, you don't want them to get accustomed to losing. I remember that was the conversation with Anaheim when you had McTavish and Zegris and Troy Terry yeah. kind of coming up through there. The only thing I would say is I don't think you're going to have to worry about uh, losing culture being kind of ingrained no. into Con- Connor Bedard. He doesn't seem like the guy who would uh, adapt that or uh, allow that to be something to build in. So I, that would be the only pushback for me there is I think you're, you'll still be fine if it continues uh, with this, where he's just this dominant going forward, and that's a good well, that's a good thing too, right? It's not going to be a worrisome about about building a losing culture. It's more of just the fact of that you know he's got this swag and and, and you know he's showing off to the crowd and stuff. You gotta, you gotta, you know, keep, get his back. You know, you can't have him doing all this stuff, and then all of a sudden, right. you know, with the, the Hawks lose six to six to three. Yeah, he had the hat trick, but then the, nobody else did anything else. You can't have those moments. You have to build his confidence, and and his confidence needs to be. That's how the identity of the franchise needs to be moving forward. In my opinion. Yeah, yeah, great point, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want it to be all Ohani and uh, Otani and Trout situation. Yeah, everybody else sucks, yeah. but you got two of the greatest, and then you know. <laughs> It's, it sounds like uh, something in uh, going on in Alberta, actually, if you think about it. Well, let's get to that because I was thinking <laughs> this is a great transition situation. Now, obviously, we are. <laughs> yeah, well, that was pretty smooth there. Uh, obviously, we are kind of exaggerating on this that Edmonton is not the Otani Trout situation. Their team as a whole is much better and has a much better opportunity. But the way that they've played so far this season just hasn't been there. And 
truth be told, you can kind of group McDavid and Dreisaitl into that. It's not like they've been terrible or the reason that they're losing, but they haven't been good enough either than themselves uh, to kind of contribute. You're looking at those guys saying, hey, these are the guys that need to drag us into the fight every night. And then if they're not doing it, it makes it a whole lot harder on that team that kind of just hasn't really had too much of the support in the past where they could step up in the absence of either of those guys. And now you get a situation, they lose to the San Jose Sharks on Thursday night, 3-2. to two. Everyone's sitting around waiting for that game. It was like, it's like the worst, two worst teams in the league at that point, record-wise, going head-to-head, and nobody can take their eyes off it. You're, what, you just can't stop watching the car crash. The Oilers end up losing that game. Everyone expecting Friday morning, Jay Woodcroft is going to be out of there. Obviously, some of the schedule stuff permitting, they end up going to Seattle Saturday night, uh, win that game against the Kraken on Saturday, and then we wake up to the news dump Sunday morning. Jay Woodcroft has been fired. It just felt like strange timing uh, given the circumstances, but I mean, so when you look at that spot, is a coaching change even going to do enough for the Oilers at this point in time? So we talked about this last week, right? And like what what we were saying is that none of this is Jay Woodcroft's fault, right? Like, um, yeah. Like they had um, Ekholm who um, who who had an injury early, earlier in the season, and, he, and he's just starting to um, to uh, to to get back into form. They had um, Woodcroft implemented some defensive changes in the way that they were um, covering defensively, and that takes some time as well. We've we've we we've, we've talked about that as well, um, and they weren't getting goaltending right. Like it just goes to show that. What a under the radar year Skinner had last year, and how unfortunate it is that the kid didn't get um, enough rest down the stretch, and he was just thrown into these games as they were trying to trying to go for the um, trying to win the win the division, which in hindsight worked it worked to their detriment, right? So um, none of this is Woodcroft's fault, and in any other situation. I would have said that just leave them alone, like just let it ride out. But with the way that this team is right now, um, I don't think you you have the luxury of time. You had to do something. You can't do anything with the roster. Um, Darnell Nurse's contract kills you. Um, yeah. Jake Campbell's, uh, J- J- Jack Campbell's contract really hinders you as well. There's nothing you can do from personnel standpoint, right? You're not changing the players yeah. at this point. Right, do firing the GM right now is not going to do anything. He's gone in the offseason, by the way. But like, but but, yeah. but like firing him right now doesn't do anything. So what can you do? And this was the only move that they had um, available to them. And even though it sucks, right? Because I don't think he deserved it. Um, I don't think he deserved to be fired at all. It's really the only move you have, right? And like maybe like new guy coming in, whatever is implemented, I don't know, right? But it has to be better than what the status quo is, right? Um, The metrics are pretty good for the Oilers, right? They don't get good goaltending, and and their power play has struggled, which, which, I mean, obviously we know was a pillar for their... For, for their play, but um, there's nothing else you can do. You you had to fire the coach, and it's really unfortunate, yeah. but I just don't see what else they could have done here. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair yeah. point. I mean, it's something I looked at in Toronto too, right? You sit there and say you can't move these guys, especially when con contracts are constructed. You're looking at kind of one bullet in the chamber. The Oilers have to go and do that one. But Alex, even kind of talking about this, the organizational dysfunction, it feels like, is going on there. I don't know if you saw the press conference, but yeah, if Ken Holland sit there and say, well, we talk with the players, we talk with McDavid, we talk with Dreisaitl, we consult them, get their opinions on things before we make decisions like that. Jeff, you can speak to this. The camera cuts to Jeff and he says, yep, we didn't talk to the players at all. We made this decision on our own. And you're sitting there going, what the fuck just happened? Like In the span of five seconds, you just said the polar opposite things there's there's no reasoning with anything that went on here and you agreed and then also said the opposite thing and you just sit there and go hey you can kind of understand at some point like this like it's just shocking almost watching some of this go on but i mean what are your thoughts on kind of the results of woodcroft being fired in edmonton right now i mean as, as someone who's gr who grew up watching a very incompetent run hawks organization it's not shocking enough nothing shocking to me about what can be right. said at a press conference but um that you know just like i said it's 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 yeah, this, there was this the only move you could make to address anything at the moment. But this is dysfunction, you know, non grata. It's not the whole. It's it's every everything is wrong. You look at McDavid's body language, even though when he's playing well, but you just you can look at his face. Something's not right with him, and it's you know obviously because they're not winning. Uh, you know, and like I said, Jack Campbell, you know, his his struggles seem to continue wherever he's going now. Even in the AHL, he can't even figure things out the right way. Skinner like I said, you know, the, the, the number uh, of games and the minutes he had to play last year, it's unfortunate. So now the sophomore slumps is hitting him a little bit harder. And, you know, I, he's the one guy I would say to Edmonton fans, don't worry about, you know, he, you know, give him time. And, and I think he seems to definitely has the characteristics and the makings of being a good long-term goalie. So he's a guy you want to keep on to as opposed to Campbell. But, you know, a lot of these other pieces, like I said, they're just, everybody's just so streaky. There's no consistency with that organization whatsoever. And they have to try to find that. And it starts at the top. You have to find that with your GM, like I said, in the offseason. And you got to try and find that with a coach. You, you've patched it for now, but you're going to have to try and find that, you know, structural groundwork uh, to build upon later on. And it's going to have to happen after the season. Yeah, I mean, I was going to try to play the clip here of that press conference that I was referring to. It's a little too long, so that's kind of why I left it out. But if you haven't seen it already, go after the show, or maybe we'll tweet out the link to it or something, but go and watch it. It's like, it's almost shocking to hear <laughs> them go back and forth on that. Uh, and then final thing I'll ask you guys about this. I saw some people joking about it online, but I mean, any thoughts here uh, so money on the fact that they bring in McDavid's junior coach? I saw people making jokes being like, yeah, they fired the chef. His mom's going to come in and cook for the team <laughs> and like stuff like that, which is pretty funny. Now, that being said, he is the best player in the world, uh, at least until somebody get overthrow him or knock him off the throne, whatever you want to call it. But I think still standing, he is the best player in the world. So you're going to obviously try to cater to those needs. And it's not really like the losing has been losing in terms of not winning the Stanley cup. That is, has been his fault uh, since he's been in the league. He's been incredible. This is really the first season that he's had struggles here. And even with that being said, like Jordan's saying, is McDavid hurt? It looks like he's playing hurt. So you're going to kind of sit there and say, well, this is the first time he's had any type of struggle at all. I mean, is there any issue here from your side? So many of you are going to sit there and say, are they pandering to him a little bit by bringing this guy in? Yeah, they are pandering to him, right? But yeah. I, I think it's fine, right? Like, I mean, it's not a situation where um 
where like he's like a mid-range player and like you're going out of your way for something like he's the best player in the league right you want to make sure that he's happy and stuff now that's that's fine in the short term right um but if you zoom out a little bit and if you look at like the long-term perspective if he's being pandered to and he's being catered to he's also he's also inviting the spotlight on him as well and and yeah. and and a much more negative spotlight right so um because now obviously all these guys want to win right like there's like nobody playing in the nhl that like doesn't want to win the stanley cup right you you just wouldn't make it at that level right so <clears throat> but if you can't win he already gets um gets a lot of blame as like not having a personality and not having like the leadership qualities and like all that garbage right well now if you're being pandered to as well um you're inviting more of that focus on you so if this team is not winning going forward in the next few years he's going to be taking an inordinate amount of brunt for that as well right so um yeah. so so that's the thing that you got to be careful of so i I, I I don't see anything wrong with it, but I mean I just worry from 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 his perspective. Like it's gonna it it's just gonna pick up the uh, p- pick up the negative intensity there. Well, right. and and here's the thing though with Edmonton, you have to to, to cater to him because yeah. think of the last ten years. If they don't have Connor McDavid, okay, how bad are the Edmonton Oilers? Number one and number two, how infrequently are we talking about the Edmonton Oilers? So he's your whole franchise. It's not just on the ice, but just just the, the entire shell and personality of the Oilers really kind of revolves around him. And yes, he is kind of boring. I've had Buffalo Wings who have had more personality than Connor McDavid. And, and the fact that the league wants to promote him constantly, you know, it puts, like I said, that extra pressure on him. But now you've got other guys that are starting to emerge. You know, now most of the times you see a commercial or, or we're talking about somebody named Connor, we're not always talking about McDavid at the end of, of the name. So maybe that's got yeah. something to do with was affecting him a little bit. I, there's a lot of different factors on top of the fact that they aren't winning that could be bothering him right now. All right. Well, there you go. There's our uh, NHL look around to recap here uh, going in, in into this morning, recapping the weekend that was. So if you enjoyed that, please make sure to hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel, I'm trying to get to 2000 subscribers here. Now we're just shy. So every subscriber counts, every like here on the stream counts. It does help us get towards that goal. So we do appreciate that. But we got two games on the, the schedule here tonight. One of those does include the Edmonton Oilers. So let's start there. The Oilers at home tonight against the New York Islanders the Oilers currently sitting minus 169 you see the Islanders coming in here plus 160 a total currently sitting at six and a half plus 100 on the over minus 112 on the under Alex B is there any way that you'd want to get involved in this game from a betting perspective yeah uh this is one where I'd be looking at that first period over I think we could see goals here early and you know look at how uh, you know, the, the, the send off game, as you can call it now for Whitcroft went where, you know, uh, Edmonton just, you know, busted out crazy getting got, uh, you know, got goals early. I think we could see that same momentum. They're back at home, you know, and, and they know that the crowd's going to be at kind of a frenzied kind of a fevered pitch, right? Like it's not going to necessarily be a, just a raucous crowd, but I'm sure a tense crowd because nobody knows what they're really going to see. They just know that they're expecting change and they're expecting immediate change. And the Oilers have to deliver that change immediately. So uh, I think we see goals here early. And uh, here I'm here in the States, so I grabbed it. Caesars minus $1.40. Okay, so you see minus 137, minus 140s out there, 141, a bunch of different shops. Would you want to go a half unit, full unit on this? I'm going to go a half unit, and I would say the cap off would probably be about 145. You see anything higher than 150, maybe try and wait and grab it uh, early in game. 
All right, there you go. First bet uh, of the night here locked in. We'll take the first period over one on Available across the Canby books uh, for the Oilers-Islanders game. So, Money, any thoughts for you on this one, uh, side total perspective? No, it's. Um, I think that I'm... I mean, I'm interested to see if we see a new coach bump here, but um, I think right. that that the way that um, that that these two teams are at this moment and their current form, I think that it um, that it captures um, where these teams are. The line captures it, so um, so it's a pass for me. Um, hopefully, the Oilers win, and then we'll see. <laughs> All right. <laughs> quick, uh, quick trend of note. <laughs> quick trend of note: the home team has won the last four meetings. Okay. All right. There you go. Now, sec, uh, second game of the night we'll look at here. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche on the road at the Seattle Kraken. As we mentioned, uh, the Kraken were victim to the Oilers responding after their game against the San Jose Sharks uh, on Thursday night. The Oilers roll in there on Saturday, beat them 4-1. to one. Now Seattle going to be at home tonight against the Avs, plus 133. The Avalanche minus 145, total currently sitting at 6 so, Woody, what are your thoughts on where this market has shaped this game going into today? So I'm, so I'm looking at this number here, right? And, like, Colorado did get called out by a, by a Bednar last game for their for, for the third period. That was, that was as bad as I've seen that team play um, in, this, in, this, in this era that they have. And, I mean, that was against a team that struggles to score eight goals in a week or like or like a couple of weeks right so um that was that was that was tough to watch so good teams like that they, i mean they they generally respond but it's also captured in the line right they're they're on the road in seattle um they're what now into the minus 150s in in many places like i mean that's 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 where i have where i have it as well especially considering that i'm not I'm not high on Seattle at, at all, and I made no secret of that. I, I don't. Um, I think that this team was um, set up for a pretty off year this year, and that's the way that it's been playing out. So, um, I think that it. This is this is the second game here where like it's. I I think the market has captured all the all like the elements going 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 into the game, and it's 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 exactly where I've made it. All right, so uh, nothing for us there, but uh, Alex B., any thoughts from you on where we currently sit? Yeah, it, it, it's a pass for me as well, but I did notice the, the glaring trend 11-4 and four to the under uh, last 15 meetings with these two teams. But, uh, you know, Seattle, I, I, I thought Seattle was going to be actually kind of a team like Vancouver. I thought they were going to make that next level jump up in, in this year in the division, and they certainly have not done that so far. They're just kind of treading water right in the middle of the road. But like I said, you know, not going up against a, uh, a possibly refocused and kind of uh, you know, retooled uh, Colorado team in the sense of where they said Bednar kind of dressed them down a bit. Maybe they come out a bit hot and they could, uh, you know, come out with a big win by margin. There. All right. Well, only one play here tonight for uh, for our best bets. So to recap, currently uh, one bet on the night, and we're looking into the Oilers Islanders game. We're going to look at the first period over there, minus one thirty seven, stopping at minus one forty five. We're going to play this one for a half unit. So that is our only play here tonight. If you do want to track all the picks throughout the course of the season, see our records, see. Uh, how the market moves through the day, reacts to the picks that we're giving out. You can find that in the Bet Stamp app in the Find Better section as Edgework HQ. Now, if you enjoyed the show here today, please make sure to hit that like button, subscribe here to the channel, turn on notifications, do watch alongs, um, 
more videos, reactions, all that kind of stuff throughout the course of the season. So you won't want to miss it. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications. We do appreciate everyone who came out to watch today. Uh, and thank you to everyone who watches after the fact or listens back on podcast platforms. We do appreciate that as well. If you're watching there, make sure to uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff it does help support the show. So money, Alex B, thank you guys. Look forward to seeing you later on in the week. For everyone else, if you're looking for NBA picks, you can find over on the the board NBA, Jacob Grimenia Pips NBA coming up after this, breaking down the NBA slate tonight, sides, totals, player props, SGPs, all that good stuff over there. And then coming up after that on the Forward Progress YouTube channel, NFL breakdowns, picks, previews, predictions. And then later on tonight, Hammer HQ watch along with Rob Pozzola for the Monday night football game. Lots of good stuff coming up across the hammer for the rest of the day. Thanks to everyone who tuned in. Enjoy the games tonight. Good luck on your bets. Let's have a day.